Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who, after this podcast, might take a nap. His name is Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Today was a little tired. I'm definitely going to be napping tomorrow. Uh, I'm getting my wisdom teeth out tomorrow, so it's going to be it's going to be a sleepy day. But before I introduce our other member of the podcast, it was someone's birthday on Friday, wasn't it, Trevor? Yes, it was. I believe it was your birthday on Friday, so uh, happy birthday from all of us at the Small Ball, Small Ball Podcast. I know I already said something, but we wanted to wish you a happy birthday on the podcast. I was not going to forget it. We didn't forget it last year. Last year, we had a whole celebration because we were together. Right. Yeah. It was fun. And it was very fun. Um, our other member of the podcast who is here today, um, our favorite contributor, Ben O'Brien. Ben, did, did you miss not being on the podcast for a week? Was it, was it a tough week? Um, it, it was a tough week. I think the worst part was having to listen to uh, your guys' podcast and not have any control over uh, clapping back at you, Brandon, because you always have some terrible takes, but I did what I could. <laughs> I'm happy to be back. Did you want to clarify the 21, 22 Jump Street take? Yeah, so Brandon on this podcast thinks that he can speak for me because he thinks he knows me so well, and he thinks that I like 22 Jump Street more than 21 Jump Street, and I would never say that. That's just disrespectful to 21 Jump Street, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. 22 Jump Street has some funnier scenes in it, but I wouldn't say it's an overall better movie at all. I love 21 Jump Street. I think it's absolutely fantastic. I'm glad you were able to speak on that. Both movies are great movies. Um... But we have a very interesting episode planned today. Um, we're going to just start it right off uh, talking about the last two episodes of the Jordan documentary. Obviously, the last ones are on tonight, uh, Sunday, when this podcast comes out. Uh, episode 9 and 10 are on tonight. But we had episodes 7 and 8, and they were some good ones, weren't they, Trevor? Yeah, they were. Some people said they were their favorite. I'm not too sure. I think it's very close between 7 and 8 and 5 and 6. I honestly still might lean towards 5 and 6, but maybe I have to I rewatch too. some things um, to really know for sure. Either way, they were very good. So we we had a very interesting moment in Episode 7 uh, with Scotty Pippen. So Trevor, walk us through uh, this moment and your thoughts uh, about Scotty Pippen not going into the game. Yeah, so basically this was Game 3 of the 1994 Conference Semis um, after Jordan had uh, his first retirement to go play baseball. And it was the last play of the game, I think. They were down in the series 2-0 to zero to the Knicks. And Phil Jackson, I guess, drew up some kind of play for Tony Kukoc instead of Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen, I guess, did not like this very much. He wanted the play mm-hmm. to be drawn up for him. And thus, he um, refused to go back in the mm-hmm. game and sat out for the final play. He was um, ridiculed about this um, you know, by the media and, and stuff. And So, yeah. yeah, definitely a controversial situation there. Yeah, no, it was uh, for sure. It was it was very interesting to see, you know, kind of that that all go down, um, and you know what happened. It's tough because that's going to be what Scotty's known for. I mean, obviously many things, but that's going to be kind of one blemish on his career uh, for a guy who really is, you know, kind of this overall great guy um, who was not a bad guy. I don't think Scotty Pippen was a bad guy, but it was it was very interesting seeing kind of you know players talk about that outside and rather like, hey, you failed us, and Scotty immediately knowing, you know, he really really messed up. Um, but it was it was definitely a very interesting moment uh, to kind of watch unfold, you know, after the fact. So you know, we after that we kind of go into uh, you know Jordan's father's death, which was was very very sad, um, and clearly took a very very big toll on him. So what were your thoughts on this, Trevor? Yeah, so it was interesting to see um, because I'm like from as a kid, you know, Space Jam. Honestly, like the movie, and we're gonna talk about that a little bit. Like Space Jam was one of I I guess that was probably 
how I knew Michael Jordan best because I didn't get to see him play live. So I was like, as a kid, I watched the movie Space Jam. It was my favorite movie as a kid. So that's kind of how I knew MJ best from the movie. And obviously, mm-hmm. I knew he was this great basketball player. And, you know, in the opening scenes of that movie was his press conference where he said, you know, I'm going to go to baseball. It was his father's favorite sport. You know, growing up, his father loved baseball and taught him how to play. And he was obviously really into baseball. And so he decided to go to baseball um, after his father's death. And he also, I think, in that press conference said something along the lines of, like, he was glad that, you know, his father got to see his last basketball game and, and all that kind of stuff. So it was very interesting. It also seemed like, based on some of the things we've learned in previous episodes of the documentary, like the media, to some extent, maybe drove him out of the game a little bit. Maybe he was upset um, with how the media treated him and, you know, kind of took him for granted, you know, constantly criticizing him for uh, the gambling stuff and the stuff that they talked about in the previous episodes. So, I mean, I mean, my thoughts on it are really that I think, you know, when you have a best player in the league, you need to be careful on how much you ridicule him because you don't want to drive him out of the league. You know, he's the biggest moneymaker for the league. He's the best thing about the NBA, especially in the 90s, Michael Jordan was. So definitely seemed like something maybe the league should have thought about more. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It was definitely a very weird time for Michael Jordan. Uh, you know, the baseball switch I always thought was kind of just odd. Um, and then, you know, kind of going back into basketball, and it, it was such a hurtful thing. Did you, do you buy into the uh, the David Stern uh, theory, or I guess, conspiracy about how he banned him for a year? I personally do not, or a year and a half, I guess I should say. No, I, no, I don't buy that at all. I, I do think, though, like, he definitely was, like, upset at how he was treated, though. I do definitely believe that. But no, I don't yeah. believe he was banned at all. It was his decision to do it. And I think it was kind of those factors combined with his father loving baseball and also his confidence with just believing that he could, you know, be a great baseball player as well. His confidence was definitely just like completely unmatched. It, it was something that we really have never, ever seen before. So let's let's kind of move into episode eight because uh, we, we had more interesting things in episode eight. You know, we'll get to Space Jam in a second, but... Uh, it, it was interesting to hear about how how Jordan, you know, with the uh, the BJ Armstrong, I guess not beef, that's not the correct word, but little issue in that game one when they when they beat him and BJ Armstrong went off, um, and you know we kind of go back to I, I don't remember the rookie's name, uh, who Michael Jordan just made up something he said and he said he completely made it up and just went off uh, after when they played back to backs. What do you think about you know kind of that that those couple scenes that we saw? Yeah, I mean they're just. There are just more instances where Michael Jordan is using any little slight, any little thing of an opponent. Maybe maybe they beat him in one game and the opponent's celebrating, and he uses that. He uses anything he can take and uses his motivation, and then that propels him to then have an amazing game the, the following game. And, I mean, I love this kind of stuff, like... Like, and I think Kobe kind of had the same thing where he's using any little thing he can find as motivation. And I, I personally just like love that a lot about MJ and Kobe and other players who do that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. It, it, it's just such an interesting mindset to get like a look into about someone who can just completely make something out of the air. The press, you know, goes wild with it, and you know he takes it and it uses it in a personal sense. It was super, super interesting to see. So you talked about Space Jam, about you know that's kind of how we saw Michael Jordan. We were going up because you know we, I know we all, all three of us love that movie. But more importantly, I loved hearing about how these players, and it was all the best players at the time, went out to L.A. 
or wherever they record, I believe it was LA, and they just played pickup basketball with Michael all the time. But really, it wasn't even about the playing. It was more about like scouting these guys out for the upcoming season. Uh, what did you think of that? It was so interesting for me to hear. Yeah, this was interesting too because um, it seemed like MJ was really, obviously he's using like the, the business side to his advantage because Space Jam became this huge movie. And, um, you know, he made some money off of it, obviously, and it helped his image. So he's thinking about his brand, his image, which um, that's something we see with, like, LeBron a lot. I think he's always thinking about his brand and his image. And in this instance, MJ was Mm -hmm. really doing that as well. And then in addition, he's really going and um, these players are all coming to this arena that was kind of built for Michael Jordan for the movie. And he was scouting all these players for the next season so that he can try to come back stronger and you know, get another championship. So that was really interesting. Um, it seemed like there was a few minutes of footage, and apparently from what I, at least when I was listening to one of Bill Simmons's podcasts in the recent week, um, he said that he was curious about if there was more footage, and he, he asked, like, one of the directors or something, hey, can I just, like, have all of the Space Jam footage? I just want to watch it all. Just, like, anything you have. And apparently... Um, all of the footage that was in that episode was all the footage they recorded. So huge missed opportunity. I'm sure that a lot of people would have loved to see more of that footage, and I would have loved For to sure. too. Yeah, no, I, I 100% would have liked to see as much possible footage of MJ playing pickup basketball with the, the best players in the NBA at the time. So let's let's kind of wrap up the uh, the Jordan documentary talk here with, you know, we go to the, uh, the Bulls Sonics a uh, couple games there with Gary Payton guarding him after the first couple. And the Bulls are really taking it to him. Um, we saw another famous MJ iPad moment where he's laughing. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on this, Trevor? Um, well, oh, this was great. This was one of, probably my favorite moment of maybe, well, at least of this episode. It was my favorite moment of this episode, I think, because that's like, I think exactly what you would expect um, MJ to react like. And. I mean, really, in this series, it seemed like, and I've watched, I watched, like, the game six, um, and I've watched, like, highlights of some of the other games, and from what everyone else is saying and from what I've watched, it seems like the Bulls really just, like, let their foot off the gas. Like, they were playing so well in the first three games, and it seemed like the Sonics weren't any match for them, and then they steal those two games after Gary Payton starts guarding him, but I don't know if that was really a huge reason why. I don't think it really was. I think just the Bulls just got too comfortable, and we see this often with, like, some of the great teams. I remember, like, with the Warriors seeing this often. Like, they would really just, like, you know, get really comfortable, and then, you know, they're losing a couple games to the Rockets, or they lose a couple games to the Clippers, as we saw, um, I think, last postseason when they lost those two games to the Clippers. So, really, just, like, great teams, and they get too comfortable sometimes, and I think that's what happened here. Yeah, it definitely happens with a lot of great teams over time. Um, and it was interesting seeing, you know, Gary Payton kind of take over that one game a little bit. Um, and, you know, how Michael decided to respond to that. Um, but, you know, we're excited for the end of the documentary. It's going to be, I think, amazing. I'm, I'm super excited, you know, to see these jazz series, as many people have talked about, how some are just the best series of all time. Um, so they'll be really great. So let's, let's move forward um, to the NBA opening plans. All the players had a meeting. They definitely want to play. Uh, we just had to touch on this a little bit. It wasn't like the most important news ever, but you know, what are your takeaways from this, Trevor? Yeah. So this uh, call had a lot of the players to discuss, you know, the ramifications of the coronavirus and how they could, mm-hmm. you know, come up with plans for the upcoming season. 
And it looks like it was like Chris Paul, LeBron, Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, Giannis, Kawhi, Stephen Curry, Damian Lillard, and Russell Westbrook. Those were all the players that were involved in the call. So basically, I mean, some of the best players in the world, obviously. I mean, these guys are all universally, even if like maybe Chris Paul isn't, maybe maybe he's not one of the 10 best anymore but like basically these guys are all some of the best players in the NBA so definitely it it helps if all of these guys and it seems like they're all very willing to come back and they all are very eager to come back that's definitely another good yeah. sign for the NBA and it, it's kind of just continuing off of what we talked about last week from like if the the if all the players want to come back and they're very eager they're urgent that'll be the the best sign for the cause of coming back. So, I mean, I would say I'm a little more optimistic um, versus last week. It definitely helps. And we also got uh, the information that it looks like they're going to have a plan in the next two to four weeks, apparently. Or they're going to or not a plan, a decision on whether they're going to come back or not within the next two weeks, which, yeah, uh, they're going to need one soon because, you know, the clock's ticking. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see kind of the plan that's developed because I think they can definitely play. It's going to be a question of how testing uh, will be able to be you know put out to the players um, and where they're going to be during the remainder of their season. But, you know, what we'll see. I think it'll be very interesting. Uh, ben, we haven't thrown it to you a ton, uh, you know, here yet. So I want to I give you a chance to speak on the NBA reopening a little bit. Um, what, what do you think? Do you, you think it's kind of feasible at this point? Yeah, I, I think it's absolutely feasible. I think um, regardless of what happens... I agree with you, Brent. I mean, obviously, and I think I'm sure Trevor agrees too. I I want to see this season concluded. And I think, I mean, I do too. I, yeah. I I think that they have a real chance to do it. I mean, I don't want to see the season go to waste for LeBron, personally speaking, just because I'm worried that he's right. He's running out of time. But I mean, whenever they release what they're gonna do, if they have a plan in place, there's obviously it's gonna be divisive. There's gonna be people for it. There's gonna be people against mm-hmm. it. Um, there's gonna be people nitpicking the problems with it. There's gonna be people, um. That, that are on the pro side so it, it's going to be tough they're in a tough spot everyone's in a tough spot right now but i'm just ex- i'm just yeah. excited for them to take this ne- next step just so we can kind of see what's going to happen in the future i'm, I'm tired of this waiting game yeah. i just want to i want to hear what what like i want to see them put some steps in place whether that's just cancel the season or whether that is here's what we're going to try to do to keep the season moving forward i 100 percent agree that was very well said um, so let's let's kind of move on to finish small talk today. We're going to go to small talk trivia. Trevor, I have been coming back. Last week I hit four of the five possible points. So what is our current scoreboard? Uh, the current score is 23 to 22. I still lead, but only by one point. So you are right back in it. I gave you a little too much uh, of a hint last week. Um, but nevertheless, it's all right. I'm, I'm ready to extend my lead again. So... Here is my question today. I will go first with the question. Um, obviously, you know, it's going to be it's a college basketball question. So, obviously, you know um, their scoring titles in college basketball. This past year, Marcus Howard won, I believe. Yes, he did. Uh, average 27.8 points at Marquette. So, there have been two players of all time who have won it three times. Two players who have won it three times consecutively, I would say. Not, they weren't consecutive, but they won each of their three scoring titles consecutively. Can you name those two players? Okay, so two players that won three consecutive scoring titles in their college career. Um, is there any... I have to get both of them to get a point, or is it two points? Both of them to get a point. Just one, one point, point today. Okay. I feel like I've offered plenty of points <laughs> over time, so you're going to get one for today. Okay. I think in like the last month, I probably offered maybe fifteen points or something. Hey, now that Brandon's close, he's getting a little stricter with his giving away points. 
Yeah. <laughs> now, today's this one point, because I, I think you know this. I think you can get this. Okay, so three consecutive scoring titles. So they had to have the most points Two in the whole players. NCAA for three straight years. Wow. Yes. Okay, so this could reach back really far. This could reach back to, it's like, possible. the 50s, 40s. Like, it, you know, so this could be... Um, this could really reach back before. Now, when you say that you think I have a decent chance of getting it, that makes me think that it's not going to be any wild names that I've never heard of before. It's definitely going to be players that I know about. So, um, Kareem is definitely a player I'm thinking about. He was dominant at UCLA. Um, and he stayed all four years, I believe. So, Kareem is definitely a good option here. Um, Doug McDermott is one of the names out of recent players. He's one of the only recent names I could think of because he he did win um, the player of the year, I think at least two years straight. Maybe, I don't know if he won it three straight years, but playing at Creighton in the Missouri Valley. um, He might have been in the Big East for one of the last ones. I'm not too sure. But playing in a Missouri Valley, he could have had a lot of points. So Doug McDermott is another option. Um, Wow. This is tough, though. Trying to think of other players who like dominate college basketball. It's gotta be older guys, unless it like Doug's the only newer guy that I can think of that's a possible option. Um maybe even a buddy healed, but I doubt he did it for three straight years. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna I think I'm just gonna go with the names that I said because I can't think of anyone else who what is are those names? super I'm trying to think of other older players that were super dominant in college basketball. And it's tough. Mm-hmm. It's really tough. I mean, like, I mean, Wilt was probably dominate with with San Francisco in college, but three straight years, man. I don't know. Bill Walton was really good too with UCLA. This this is incredibly tough. Um, okay, so Kareem, I'm going. That's one of my answers. Kareem's one of my answers. Okay. The second answer. You know what? I'm not going to go with um, Doug McDermott. I'm going to go with Bill Walton. That's my second answer. I'm going to go with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Final answer? Yes. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Bill Walton. Those are my two answers. So, Trevor, uh, I'm guessing but both these are guesses, right? Kareem, Kareem I'm fairly confident, is correct. Bill Walton, I'm not sure. So, both of them are incorrect. Uh, the two players that well, technically there's three, but one of them was unofficial. But the two players that were official were Oscar Robertson from Cincinnati and Pete Maravich at LSU. Mm, okay. Pete Maravich, he scored yeah, a lot of points. He, he averaged did. over forty points. He did. Pete, he scored a lot I of points. Th- so I those were the uh, those are the uh, the two options. Wow. So Trevor, what is your question for today? Yeah, Oscar, I probably wouldn't have gotten, but nevertheless, um, my question is related to college football. So, who is the quarterback w- that leads an all-time passing yards career? This is not just one season. This is career passing yards of all time in uh, Division One. Who? All right. There's. This is a tough question. Um, gotta think of guys who stayed a long, long time. Um, at their colleges. I know, I'm pretty sure Mason Rudolph got a lot. I don't think he was one. Um, is this a current NFL player? Can I, can I get a, an answer there? Um, you know what? Let me just, ch- I'm pretty sure he is. Hold on. 
we can get a quick check on that. I'll, I'll keep on. I'll keep on talking. I know there's been a ton of players recently that have been close. Like they that have gotten like a lot of yards. I don't know if they're number yeah. one. I know Baker was up there. Um, I I would guess. It has to be someone that stayed four years. I will. It's, it's, I will tell you this. I will tell you this. It's in our lifetime. Oh, this happened in our lifetime. Yes, it happened in our lifetime. So nineteen ninety eight. Okay. Nineteen ninety eight. The like, present is when it happened. Luke Falk stayed all four years. He got a lot of yards. Oh God, I'm trying to think. Who else is really, really great that stayed four years? Um. This is hard. It's definitely someone that stayed four years. I'm 100% sure of that. Did you answer, are they a current player? Or is that not being given? You said it was in our lifetime, so they, they, I'm guessing they're a current player. I'm not sure. It, are they... Well, I don't think you're going to give that. I was going to ask if they're a power five. I don't think you're going to give that one. This is difficult. I am not a hundred percent sure here. Um, Try and think. Uh, who who's the who was the quarterback at Houston? Case Keenum. He he got a lot of yards. Um, who? Trevor, you're being awfully quiet over there. After your your one, I think you learned your lesson from last yeah, time. Yeah, about two minutes. I'm just minutes. interested in your thought process here. Um, I'm sure, uh, uh, who was it? JT Barrett got a lot. I'm sure he got a lot. Um, I know Keenum got a lot, too. This is hard. I'm gonna have to guess. I'm gonna be honest, it's gonna be down between Keenum. Keenum's definitely got a lot. And I, I think Baker got a lot, but Baker didn't break it. I would have known that if he broke it. It might be it might be Keenum. I think it might be Keenum. He went to Keenum went to Houston. I remember I remember him getting a lot of yards. I remember him doing very well. I I, I have to guess Keenum. It's it's a complete guess. I have I have I'm not hundred percent sure. It's either Keenum or Baker, but I don't think Baker broke broke it. I'm I'm gonna go with Case Keenum. That's your final answer? That's my final answer. I don't think it's right. I I because I don't I, I think I remember him doing really, really well. I'll say Case Keenum. Okay, so that's a that's a, that's a guess. That's a guess, kind of. It's a complete guess. Shot in the dark. Okay, so uh, maybe the luck has transferred over because Case Keenum oh. is the correct answer. Oh, let's um, go. He has a career nineteen thousand two hundred seventeen passing yards at Houston from the years two thousand seven to two thousand eleven. Baker Mayfield was actually seventh on this list. Um, a little bit under okay. fifteen thousand total passing yards. Okay, I mean, I'd imagine like I'm sure Landry Jones is on there. He, is he, he is on third. There? Um, yeah. The, uh, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm just played a long I'm time. I'm impressed. Uh, that, that, those are I can't think of many more. Well, yes, you I'm got it right. Lu- Luke Falk. Luke Falk was also in the top ten. So yeah, Mason Rudolph was eleven. I, Luke Falk. Yeah, Washington State. I remember him getting a lot of yards. I remember him being good. So yeah, we are we are all, right, all tied so what, up. What's, we're tied. We're tied back wow. up. All right. So next segment we have is randomly ranked. Um, and today we I think we have an interesting randomly ranked. We have talked about this subject kind of before. However, we did not um, do it. Um, and the topic today is going to be wing places. So places to get your wings. 
that we think are the best. So Ben, we haven't had a lot of you today. I would love if you would go first. Yeah. Um, I don't. Do you have all three, or do you just have one? No, I have all three. I actually have I have a fourth honorable mention let's, as well. I just thought of. Let's oh beautiful. Let's hear them all. Yeah. So my fourth honorable mention is Quaker Steak and Lube, and the reason I'm putting that I haven't had that in years, but when I was in high school, they used to have all you can eat wings on like a certain day, like Tuesdays or something. If you pay a certain Ooh. amount and anytime you, you challenge me to pay a certain amount of money, eat as much as I want, I will gladly take that. <laughs> so th- that is why that is my honorable mention. Their wings are all right. Like I, they're fine, whatever. But if you can, if you can give me a, a, if I can pay an amount of money and say, eat as much as you want, I am all for it. My number three yeah. is you guys wouldn't know this place cause it's close to my house. It's called putters and they have, I used, I've heard you I, talk about I it. used to go there a lot in high school after football games. They have, um, some of the best boneless wings I've ever had in my entire life. Their sauce is so unique. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's just something I've, it's not like anything I've ever had before. Um, their boneless wings are fantastic. My number two is a place near and dear to Brandon's heart. That is Wings Over. Wings Over has fantastic wings. Um, their their quality of their meat like itself. I feel like I'm really diving into. So I feel like I'm really diving into like specifics here, but the quality <laughs> of meat itself. No, it's good. Is so it's fantastic. Good. Like just the, when you bite into it, like it's just so tender. It's so fantastic. Their sauce right? is very unique as well. Um, it really their sauce. When I get their medium sauce, I have to work for it. It is a struggle. It 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 kicks my butt sometimes, but I I enjoy that. So that is why Wings Over is my number two. My number one, easy Buffalo Wild Wings. And the reason I say that is I think their sauce is my favorite. I think Wings Over has better meat itself, but I think B-Dubs has better sauce in my opinion. And also the reason I put B-Dubs over these other two is because B-Dubs is the only one of these three that I put that I love their traditional and their boneless wings pretty much equal value. Um, mm-hmm. And that's big to me because I, I would prefer traditional wings, but boneless wings are just easier to eat. Um, but the fact that B-Dubs I could eat either and really I have no preference over one over the other um, – is why I put them at number one. Yeah, those are uh, those were solid. I think Trevor. Uh, I think you'll be up next. I asked a question first, so you're up next. Your top three wing places. All right. So um, this was tough for me. Um, obviously, I love wings. We all do. And I think like I think I consider different factors. And I, I don't know what Brand's gonna say, but it seemed like Ben really focused on like the wing quality, the quality of the chicken and the sauces and stuff. I obviously considered that and factor that in but i also was like thinking about the different atmospheres like the restaurant itself and like watching sports while eating wings and even just like a nostalgia of just like remembering when i was little and different things like that so with that said number three i went with quaker steak and lube quaker steak and lube um i mean there's just a lot of different memories you know just like eating the like trying the atomic sauce and trying to see if I can eat a wing or two with atomic sauce because I I love trying to like test myself with like hot sauces and stuff like that so I remember doing that we even bought um like at my house when I was younger we bought like the triple atomic I think um Mm -hmm. from the store or maybe it was just the regular tongue but either way we made homemade wings and used the sauce and it was (laughs) very hot but also like they have like the buckeye barbecue sauce which is probably one of my favorite wing sauces ever they have that one as well and quaker steak and lube i mean the atmosphere there with like all like the racing theme and stuff like that just as a kid a lot of good memories number two i'm going with a place who a place that i haven't been there in a while i mean i haven't been to quaker steak and lube in a while either but i haven't been to this place in a while mostly because it's pretty far from where i live and that's winking lizard 
Winking Lizard, I've actually only been there maybe like five or six times, but every single time I've been there, it's been phenomenal. They have great like buffalo mm-hmm. wings. They have great barbecue wings. They have a lot of different good flavors and even like their hottest wings. I think it's like the 911 maybe is like one of their hottest, if I remember correctly. Could be wrong on that. But Winking Lizard's great as well. I've been there like after like a Browns game, I believe. So that's my number two. Number one, I have to go with B-dubs. I, I know it's like the standard, the maybe a boring choice to some people that are listening, but B-dubs I have relatively often, and it's just amazing. The amount of different wing choices, the atmosphere there, watching sports is very great. Um, so B-dubs is my number one. All right, all good choices here, so I will go next. It's going to be a lot of not new choices here. Uh, my number three is B-dubs. I don't like B-dubs quite as much as you guys. I don't love their barbecue sauce, and I get barbecue wings. I don't love it, but it's, it is solid. Like, I do like B-dubs. I love going there, but it's just not, like, you know, amazing, amazing. Number two, we have Winking Lizard. Winking Lizard wings are so great. I do not get them very often, but when I do, they really, they're really, really solid. Um, it's uh, much closer to me in the Cleveland area um, compared to where Trevor is. And then number one is the top wing place. It's really not even close. Number two and three are, are not even close to this tier of wing. And that's Wings Over. I just moved out of my apartment in Bowling Green. Ben did too. Um, and I literally picked up two pounds of wings from Wings Over because they are my absolute favorite to have over the next couple days. Um, because they do not have a Wings Over near me in Cleveland. So um, I had to pick up a large quantity of them to last me a little bit because they are that good. So if anyone is in a college town, they're in college towns. You know, if you're in Columbus or Bowling Green area, uh, you have to get Wings Over. It's a must. Uh, and, and they really are, are very, very solid. So that kind of concludes Randomly Ranked for today. If you have any Randomly Ranked ideas, please submit them. We would love to hear that. But we're going to move to our main topic, and we have a killer main topic today. Don't you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, it's great idea. Great idea by you, Brandon. You came up with this. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So here's kind of what we're going to do. We went on the list of NBA players, okay? We gave ourselves $75 million to build a starting five, and it can be anyone. You only have seventy-five million, and you cannot go over. I wanted to go to seventy-six. I would have had a perfect lineup if they gave me seventy-six, but I had to cut it off. Okay, so you had seventy-five million. We already went. We made our lineups. We'll tell you how much each player costs and what we're doing. How it's going to work. We're doing this past year's pace of 2019-2020. So let me give you an example. Steph Curry, his salary is forty million two hundred thirty-one thousand seven hundred fifty-eight dollars. So we round that down to forty million, but. If you're someone like Clay Thompson, you're making thirty-two million seven hundred forty-two thousand dollars. We round that up, so you're rounding it to whatever's closest. So he would have been thirty-three million. So, Trevor, I think it's your time to go first here. Okay. All right. What is your starting five? I know you said you have a better starting five than me with for the money, but there's no way you do. So, what is your starting five? All right. So I'm gonna start by, by position, but mine's up. To, mine uh, starting five adds up to like seventy-four million if you round all the numbers together. Okay. So at point guard. I'm putting Luka Doncic, and Luka Doncic, Mm -hmm. he is a second-year player, and I think often, like, these younger, I really look for a lot of younger players because they're on their rookie deal, and they don't have, um, like, high, a lot of high contracts, so if you round um, Luka's current, like, in the 2019-2020 season, he's making about $8 million, so really cheap value for Luka Doncic, Mm -hmm. who is a rising all-star in the league, averaging, like, 28 points per game, so Luka, I mean, putting him at point guard, his passing ability, his shooting ability, he can do so many different things on the court, so I had to have um, Luka here for the value, just amazing. At shooting guard, I have Donovan Mitchell, 
another great value mm-hmm. um, young player who's still on his rookie deal. Donovan Mitchell, um, remember, he was like the 13th pick, I believe. So he's only making $4 million. I mean, that's just incredible mm-hmm. value for one of my favorite players in the league and one of the best young players in the league. So Donovan Mitchell's my shooting guard. Um, I think that's his um, preferred position, not point guard, where he, which he currently plays sometimes with the Jazz. I think shooting guard is his right position, so that's where I put him. At small forward, now I was going back and forth. Do I want to put LeBron here, who's a little bit more money, or do I want to take um, a guy who's slightly less money and arguably, some people say he's a better player than LeBron. I personally don't think so, but it's very close, and that player is Kawhi Leonard. Now, Kawhi Leonard's salary... Uh, was $33 million, so $4 million cheaper than LeBron, which allowed me to pick a guy at my center who I will get to. At power forward, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, who makes uh, $26 million this past year. And I wanted to have, um, ideally I wanted to have two superstars who are like two top five players in the league. I think I did that here. Kawhi and Giannis, to me, are both top five players. Neither of them are the best, but they're both top five. And then at the center position, I have about four million left, and I got this player for three million, and that is um, the Miami Heat's very own Bam Adebayo, who made his first all-star appearance this past year. I think he's great in this spot, Um, you know, being also on his rookie deal, being like a rim runner, playing great defense, rebounding, um, so I think this lineup fits very well together. Um, ideally, I would have liked to have like a guy who's just like this prolific spot-up shooter, um, like a Clay Thompson or someone like that, but I wasn't able to fit in there. So I still think this is a very good lineup. Kawhi can still shoot. Donovan Mitchell, Luka, they can all shoot threes. Um, so I think this is a very good title, or a very good team that would allow me to win the title, having two superstars um, surrounded by three other great all-stars. That is, that is a very good team. I will say I do not believe it is better than mine, but it is a very good team. Ben, you're starting five. Who do you got? All, I think you missed a big player, uh, Trevor. All right. That I will name. So the, my to start this off, my mindset was I'm going to do what every GM wish in the, in the uh, NBA wishes that they could do for the last 16 years, and I'm going to focus my team around LeBron James. So that was my first one. Very smart decision. Easy decision. Now, he gets paid a lot of money, 37 mil, but... I felt like I could take the hit, and he is worth it because, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, his numbers speak for himself, um, and he has the ability to make good players great around him. So of course. he is one of my forwards. He is, I guess, a small forward or whatever. He could be, really he's anything, but he's he, I put him as a forward on. He my, could play yes, any. I, he could play any of the six positions on yes. the floor, all five and coach. I put him. I put him as a forward on my team. My point guard. I wanted to go with somebody young that could pass the ball a lot. So I went with Trey Young, mainly because he's on his rookie deal. It's only $6 million. He's proven that he's a good player. He's an all-star starter this year. Um, his passing ability is fantastic, but he can also score when he needs to. I thought uh, Trey Young would be a pretty good point guard to have. I wanted to go with Luka like Trevor did, but I had LeBron on my team, and I figured they're kind of very similar. Um, so I went with this person instead. I went with Jason Tatum. And the reason I picked Jason Tatum is because he is only $8 million, just like Luka is. Um, but I feel like he could complement LeBron very well and. And the theme, that yeah. I had a theme with my team is I wanted to surround LeBron with players that I felt had a similar mentality to him and that would get along with him. Because the best part about this is this is never actually going to happen. So I can theoretically say that my team would be the best because there's no way that you guys can prove me wrong. Um, and I think that my team would gel the best. So I went with a player in Jason Tatum that I think would complement LeBron James very well. Um, and he has not a lot of money. My 
I'll go with this. I'll go with the. I took a, a a bit of a wild card here. Um, he's a lot of money. He's twenty one million dollars, and he's he's been hurt these past year and a half or so. But when he was healthy, I think that he is a phenomenal player. I love this dude, and I think he fits the mentality that I wanted to go with with playing with LeBron James in that. He will win at all costs, and that is Victor Oladipo. If Victor Oladipo is healthy, I think he is worth every bit of the $21 million that I am paying him. I think he would be a fantastic shooting guard to have on this team. Um, His numbers speak for himself. He was the 2017-2018 Most Improved Player of the Year. During the 2018 playoffs, he gave LeBron everything he could handle. Um, I I love Victor Oladipo mainly because I love his mentality. The day after, or what was it, the night he lost to LeBron in that playoff series— First thing he did was text his uh, personal trainer and said, when are we going to get back to work? I want to get better. Yeah, I love Victor Oladipo. I love his mentality, and I think he was worth the $21 million. My last player would be my center, and I'm so upset that Trevor had this player. It's Bam Adebayo. I thought I, thought I would be so smart with having this player. He's only $3 million. I thought he was a steal for $3 million. I love Bam Adebayo. I should have known because Trevor's a Heat fan that he would maybe pick him. But I think the, for $3 million, I think he is absolutely worth it. I think on this team... Um, there's shooters on this team already, so I think if Bam can play defense and get rebounds and uh, post up down low against somebody defensively, I think he uh, fits well with this team. So my team, it rounds out at exactly $75 million. I think I have the best team, and you guys can't prove me wrong, so take that. <laughs> so I'm about to prove you wrong. <laughs> all right, let's hear it. <laughs> Here's why my team is the best. Number one, I had less money spent than all of you. I only spent $73 million. Okay, number two, I have five All-Stars on my team, four of which I believe were um, starters in the All-Star game. So, here's where my team starts. I did a very similar strategy to Ben. I had to put LeBron on my team. It was no option. If he was $75 million, I still would have put him on my team. LeBron, I put at my point guard position, okay? He is $37 million. So, I then go to shooting guard, and this is where I had a tough decision to make. Okay, I had to choose between Trey Young, who I believe was $6 million, or Donovan Mitchell, who's $4 million. I was looking at their stats, their win shares. I decided to pick Donovan Mitchell. I think he has more of an ability to win uh, according to win shares, and he's a little bit more of an efficient shooter. So I picked Donovan and Mitchell. Now, choice. Here's, a player, here's a player that all of you guys overlooked, and this is where the genius begins right here. Pascal Siakam is my small forward for $2 million. He is on an extension next year, so he's getting paid a lot more than that. But... This coming year, he is only, well, I guess it was this current year, he is making $2.3 million. So Pascal at $2 million uh, for my small forward. Then in my power forward, I decided to pick Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I now have the two best players in the, in the game, which you guys both did not have. And I was still $2 million under cap. Picked Giannis because obviously I mean, he's, he's, he's a, a train. You can't possibly you know, stop Giannis and LeBron. Uh, accompany that with Donovan Mitchell shooting. You have Siakam. Uh, and Giannis on defense, you can guard all five positions easily with those players. But let's get to center. I was going to pick Bam Adebayo, okay? But I found a better center. He's roughly the same amount of money. I got him for $4 million. He has higher win shares, and he's a more efficient shooter, so then he can help the three-point shooting that this team might be lacking a little bit, and that's DeMontes Sabonis. Um, so, yeah, like I said, he has the three-point shooting. So I think this team itself has everything that your guys' teams did not. Trevor, you said you didn't have a spot shooter. We have Sabonis on this team, Donovan Mitchell, which you also have, and LeBron, who you don't have. Um, so while being 2 million under and less than all your guys', I believe I have the best lineup. Now, saying that, I could have used 2 million more to put Trey Young at the shooting guard, and I thought about doing that. That was who I was going to kind of trade in at the end. The other two guys who weren't a lot of money that I thought about doing were Luka for 8 million and then De'Aaron Fox for 6 million. 
And I thought about switching De'Aaron Fox out, too, for Donovan Mitchell, putting LeBron at the two, putting De'Aaron Fox at point guard. I thought about it and decided not to do it. But I think overall, I take take the, the cake, take the crown here uh, on the teams. And what do you think, Trevor? Who, who has the best team, in your opinion? Uh, that's a very good team. I'm, I am impressed, I got to say. I mean, Sabonis, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I missed out on Sabonis. Um, I think Bam's still a better overall player, but I mean, you could definitely argue that for the team fit, that Sabonis is a better fit. It's tough to say, but um, I yeah, the spacing on on my team, I I didn't want to put Bam because the spacing would have been terrible with the two guys who are you know big driving players in LeBron and Giannis. So I was like, I can't put a big guy who just sticks down low. Um, I had to put someone like Sabonis who's a little more agile and a little more of a stretch five. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a great argument. Um, I really did consider Siakam, so I could have put Siakam instead of Bam, but then my rebounding um, would have suffered true. a little bit, but I could have done that. I did consider that. I almost put Siakam instead of Bam, and then it would have been like Giannis at the center, which I could have done, but ultimately I didn't. I think you make it made a good choice. I mean, for sure, Donovan Mitchell over Trey Young for me. Uh, he's, a, he's definitely a better defender, for sure. Um, so I think Donovan Mitchell's a smart pick over Trey Young. I think... Um, I mean, Oladipo was an interesting pick for Ben. I didn't envision. I love Oladipo. I didn't envision hearing Oladipo's name in this uh, starting five, but I think that's another good player to have here. Tatum. I mean, the way he's played the past like three months before the season ending ended. Tatum's a great selection as well. I think. I think Trey Young's a little bit of a defensive liability, so I would lean towards either. Honestly. Honestly, I think I'm gonna give it to you, Brandon. I think your team is slightly better than mine. Thank you. I'm gonna give it to you. I appreciate that. I think all four, three of our teams are really good. We're definitely going to have to do this in the future again because this was really fun. Maybe we could even do it with where we can't use any of the players we already picked. Something like that. I don't know. Maybe we can make it more challenging with the money. I don't know. We'll definitely have to do this again because this was really, really fun. Um, but, Ben, I'm going to throw it to you real quick. Any last words before we you know wrap up the podcast that you'd like to mention? Uh, I'm happy to. Oh, I, actually, I just thought of something. That's funny. Um, how have we gone 41 minutes into this podcast and not discussed that you two are now college graduates? Congratulations, guys. BGSU Thank College you. of Business we, alumni. Yes. Look at you guys. Big boys. We, True. we did graduate uh, two days ago. We are all done with college. Um, so thank you, Ben, for that. It's very, very kind of you. Um, I'm sure we'll both be back in Bowling Green at some time. But, yes, we are done. Uh, Trevor, any last thoughts before we wrap up the podcast here? Um, I mean, I just think this was a great, another great discussion. Um, I'm glad you came up with this idea because it was a great one. I think we all came up with some really good teams. You know, there was some different options I could have went with. I considered LeBron, but then I would have been very limited with my fifth guy, and I would have had to pick like a 500k salary guy. Um, so that's why I didn't go with that. But I mean, you both had some really good teams, so I thought this was a good discussion. Yeah, this was this was very fun. So that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening on all the sport. We're approaching three thousand downloads, which is kind of insane. I, I sent a message in our group chat about how it's it's we went up another thousand downloads from two thousand in like an insanely low amount of time. So thank you all so much for the support. Uh, please subscribe to the podcast on any platform that you're listening to. Uh, leave a five star view and give us a comment. Uh, you know, we like to hear your thoughts. Uh, you can also do that by tweeting at us at smallballerpod. Uh, and we have a Twitch now, which we will be streaming soon. Um, it's going to be really awesome. It's uh, twitch.tv backslash smallballerpod. Um, so that's really, really great. And we promise we'll bring some uh, great content there. Uh, but with that being said, thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons!